everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I have loved spending this season with you. And what's crazy is that we are only two episodes away from wrapping season three up. And this just feels unbelievable. You know, we've had some incredible conversations, and I know that today is not going to disappoint. You know, I thought it would be fun to switch things up. And so a while back, I taught a message from John chapter 15, where Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches. And I asked some of our amazing young adult leaders here at Christ Fellowship, if they would just take a plunge into the message from their perspective, maybe ask each other a few questions and take a deeper look into John chapter 15. And I am so excited for you to hear their perspective because I know that it is going to encourage you and challenge you in your faith. So I'm so excited for you to hear from Carissa Robinson and Amanda Gonzalez, which I should say it, that they are definitely some of my favorite people. And of course, I had to introduce them to my other favorite people, the amazing listeners, that's you, um, of the So Good podcast. So I know that you are going to love them as much as I do. So let's jump into this episode of the So Good podcast. Pastor Julie, thank you for having us. We're excited to be a part of this conversation. I'm Carissa. Hey, and I'm Amanda, and we're honored to be able to dive into this episode. Yeah, honored, excited, also like a bit nervous because I'm bit not, nervous, yeah. <laughs> not really sure why she invited us young girls to, <laughs> to take over this episode. I know because, Amanda, you're, you're a great discusser, so you'll be, you'll <laughs> be great. Discusser. Yeah, we're off a, to a great start. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Not sure if that's a word, but it felt right we'll when I up. said we'll it. Well, it hey, up. without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the first clip from Pastor Julius' message. And as we look at each one of these I am statements that Jesus made, we not only see a clear picture of who he is, but also we see a, a, a picture of who we are, who we are when, when we put our trust in him and, and we place our identity in him. Jesus is saying, hey guys, just so you know, the pressure's off. I came to do what no nation and no people could ever do. And no longer is my kingdom gonna be contained to one nation, but this thing is going viral and you're gonna be a huge part of it. So, so he's saying that I am the vine, that I am gonna be the root, the life source, that, that I came to give you spiritual life. Life someday in eternity, but every day, with my presence here on earth. And it goes on to say that, that my father, I'm the vine, but my father, he's, he's the gardener or the vineyard keeper. And I, I always found this, this next verse a little bit confusing um, because I'm, I'm picturing this as this tender encouragement and all of a sudden it seems to take a sharp turn. It says that in verse two, it says, he cuts off every branch of the vine that does not produce fruit he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can bear more fruit. But I started to dig into the scripture a little bit more. And as I dug into this passage, I, I found that the original Greek word that is Iro. And Iro can mean 
cut off, but the 100 times that this word is used in scripture, the majority of the time, it means something else. It means to pick up. I love John 15 and just Pastor Julie's intentionality to dig through this passage of scripture to help us get a a better and clearer picture of who God is. And, And she really helps us paint this picture of God as gardener. That's what John 15 is all about, viewing God as gardener. And, and, and when we think about a gardener, I'd love to know, Amanda, what you think about when you think about God as gardener. Yeah. I, when I was thinking about this analogy, I'm not much of a, like a green thumb as they call it. <laughs> when I was younger, like homeschool days, they would give us like an egg carton. You'd add a little dirt, put a seed in it, put it by the window. That's and it. I was like, man, I'm so good at this. <laughs> but as I've gotten older and seen actual gardeners, like bear fruit you can actually eat. Like my sister-in-law, she grows tomatoes and my brother works with plants and like they're actually gardeners. So I picked their brains and I just wanted to learn a little bit about the characteristics of a good gardener. (laughs) That's what we'll call this little bit. And so some of the things that they shared is that a gardener has to know the climate and the season that they're in. A good gardener. They have to know when it's time to prune and what part of the plant to prune and what parts to preserve. Another thing that they shared with me is that a good gardener pays attention to, to times as well as climates and conditions necessary for what they're planting to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the last thing that I loved is that they said a good gardener isn't afraid to get their hands dirty. And so when I think about how this is applicable for actual gardening, how much more is this applicable to a spiritual father who calls himself the caregiver the gardener of yeah. us. It's someone who's attention, paying attention to details. He knows the environments necessary for us to grow. He knows the parts of our lives that are going to create growth and the parts that could prevent it. Like he is a mindful, loving, careful, considerate gardener that like he's almost like the, the master gardener because he, he knows what a plant is supposed to look like so he can recognize when it's unhealthy. I think that's just so cool. It's so cool. I didn't know you were such, you had so many gardeners in your family. I really didn't know (laughs) (laughs) until we were going to talk about John 15. I was like, I need to learn about gardening. It's so interesting because Pastor Julie helps us see that God is a a good gardener. And, but the, the crazy part about it is when you read John 15, you might get to John 15 verse two and be like, hmm. I don't know if he's a good gardener because the scripture says, says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And, and it's so important that we know, you know, what that means. And Pastor Julie points it out in the scripture. She talks about the Greek word arrow and that, and that in, it, it, it could mean cut off, right. but over a hundred times in scripture, it actually means to pick up. Hmm. And, and Pastor Julie goes on in her message to talk about how the good gardener picks up a branch from the ground to reposition it, to clean it off. And to reposition it so that it can bear more fruit. And I think this is a really helpful reminder for all of us because, you know, Pastor Julie does great, you know, she spends a lot of time studying for her messages. I don't, mm. I don't know how long, I imagine like a long time. Right. Um, but when we read scripture, you know, I've heard people say it before, what we think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Mm. And so when we read John 15 too, you might think something about God that is feels off or feels wrong. But when you put it into perspective, when you study the scripture, when you dig deeper, you realize what the scripture is actually saying. He picks up the branch from the ground, cleans it off and repositions it. That is a loving, good gardener. Yeah. I love that. And it's, 
it's not something you would see on surface level. Right. Like when you first read scripture, it could be easy to misinterpret that. So what are some of the things that resources maybe that you use or maybe that Pastor Julie has used that helps us to go a little bit deeper in scripture to get some of these meanings uh, behind words like cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I think one of the first things is you can read the Bible in multiple translations, right? Mm. Uh, on the Bible app, you can read the same verse in, in a lot of different translations. Mm. So I'll go to the ESV and the NLT right. and the NIV and the passion, passion translation. Right. I'll, I'll read all of these different translations just to see how others have interpreted the word of God. Um, but I'll also go to the, the Bible project. I don't know if you, I, I download the app yep. and, and they, there's an app, but there's also YouTube videos, podcasts, articles, and they do a lot of word studies where you can read the original Greek words and and they do a deep dive into what they mean or the historical context of scripture. And those are some helpful resources. Yep. And there's also a blue letter Bible where you can like go into the Septuagint, the Greek translation of it, click it, get a deeper dive of what a word means in its original context. So a few resources out there. That's great. Well, we, we got to jump into this next clip where Pastor Julie brings out some branch facts. I don't know if you know, she's like a, a branch expert. <laughs> a branch enthusiast, Ooh, if we may. My girl is a branch <laughs> enthusiast. Let's go ahead and jump into clip number two. And so there's a couple of a branch facts that I think it's important for us to understand since he's talking about us is, is that first branch fact is that um, a branch has one purpose. And that purpose is to bear fruit. And so what kind of fruit is, is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that when we're connected to Jesus, that we actually will, will bear and produce the fruit of the Spirit, that we will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What he's saying here is that, is that if we are his followers, that people are going to recognize us by the way that we love people. The way we love all people, not just the people that look like us, believe like us, vote like us, but we're going to love all people. And then he's also saying that as, as believers that we should be the happiest people, the kindest people, the most patient people on the planet. And, and this is the way that people are going to know, they're gonna, this is the way that they're going to know him and they're going to know why he came in the first place. So the second thing is, is that, that even though this, this branch has a purpose, there's only one way this branch can fulfill this purpose. And that is if this branch is connected to the vine, right? It can't produce anything disconnected. A disconnected branch becomes a stick. This last branch fact is really important. If you only get one of them, get this one. People see the branches before they see the vine. As the branch, people are gonna see us before they see Jesus. This is a challenging clip for me, at least personally, because what, what Pastor Julie's saying, she says the purpose of a branch is to bear fruit. Right. And I think if we're honest, maybe this is just a me problem, but <laughs> I like I think sometimes I pursue the fruit and not necessarily the source. Right, right. right? right. I'm like, I wanna be a really loving person. <laughs> I wanna be like a really joyful person. I, I want that for my life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think all of us probably would agree. But I think that we sometimes flip that, right? If Pastor Julie's saying, in order to bear fruit, we have to stay connected to the vine. That branches, their only job is to produce the fruit. But 
but I don't know any branch that's sitting around going like investing an apple. <laughs> right. right. I don't know. I don't know any branch that's like thinking so hard on making an orange. Right. Yeah. No. What I think is, is kind of quirky about this like word picture is that growing up, I would picture myself as the fruit. Like I never pictured myself as the branch. And so when it's talking about like, and you produce these types of fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, I thought of myself as the actual product of it, not the vessel of it. And so this was actually a switch for me to even start seeing, of course, a branch isn't responsible for producing the, the fruit. Like it has to be connected to the vine. But if I don't picture myself in the right position in God's family, then I'll start seeing the power source as me. I'll start seeing wow. myself as the, the vine, kind of. So I think, if anything, it almost helped to inform how I see myself in relation to how Jesus presents himself. Wow. And so if he's the vine and I'm the branch, then it changes my relationship with the fruit. And so it turns me back to having to depend on the vine to produce power through me to produce what only he can really do. And so that, that just kind of like flipped, you know, the switch for me. Yeah, it's so good. I think we all desire to bear fruit. And what Pastor Julie reminds us is this fruit is not just like, we're not talking about apples, we're not talking about oranges, like we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. And I think some of us maybe listening are feeling like John 15 verse six, where it says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. That's deep. That's, that's intense. But I think the truth is some of us feel like a dried out branch. Right. We feel like our life isn't producing much fruit and maybe you feel like you're in a dry season and things are really rough right now. And and I would just encourage all of us with, with that, with what you just said, that there is no mustering up the fruit of the spirit yep. and that there's one way to produce the fruit in your life and yep. it's staying connected to the vine. Yeah. And that word, she spent some time unpacking what it means to remain. It means to stay and abide and take up residence in something. And when I think about like a basic example, like all of you, if you, I, I don't want to come for those with Androids, but if you have an iPhone or any phone for that matter, it requires to be charged. And when we think about charging a phone, um, we know that as soon as you pull your phone off of the charger, it's, it's dying. It's like on, it's already getting depleted from its power because it's no longer, it has to retain it to some degree, but it's got to get plugged in again if it's going to sustain that power. And so when I think about what it means to remain in Jesus, it doesn't mean to like have an iPhone that you never unplug, but it's realizing that the nature of how you've been made, iPhones were made to actually carry power, but they are not the power that they carry. And so because of that, they have a relationship with the charge cord that kind of informs how it sees itself. Obviously, a phone can't see itself. We can see ourselves. And so when I think about what it means to remain in Jesus as he remains in God is that act of abiding is not a one and done. And so it's living a lifestyle of staying connected to the Father, and that actually uh, sustains his power in our lives. And so if I feel dry, it might just mean that it's time to recharge because you were meant to recharge. It's not, I listened to a message. Why am I not on fire for Mm. Jesus all the time? Or I attended a conference or I've prayed. Why am I feeling depleted? Because you were designed to be sustained by the power of God on a repetitive basis. And so uh, I think that that helps me to realize that I'm energized, but I'm not self-sustained. I have to stay connected if I'm going to have power. Yeah, I'd love for us to talk about how do you know when you're getting there or maybe you're already there? Hmm. I mean, I think there's 
their symptoms, just like naturally. Like, how do you know when you're hangry? We have a word to describe <laughs> yeah. hungry, angry, and we put them Me, together. <laughs> yeah, because somebody, if we didn't pair those together, they might just think, why am I so angry? But we called it hangry because there's an indicator. You're actually hungry and it's causing the symptom of anger or irritability. Yeah. And so I think that our soul has symptoms of needing to recharge that could look like worrying, fearful thinking, complaining and whining, kind of having a, a negative bias in your viewpoint about things and about the world, kind of a jaded uh, skepticism mm. or cynicism that kind of enters into how we, how we see the world around us. I, it's different for every person, but I think that you will know. Like Holy Spirit plays a role in helping us to become aware of, of these symptoms, but I think that they're indicators of our soul. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I think personally in my life, Galatians, the, the fruit of the Spirit verse found in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is something that I have internalized and, and memorized. And not because I feel like I'm the most amazing Christian, but because I need to be reminded of what my life should be bearing. And so when I am missing yeah. some of those things in my life, I am triggered to mm-hmm. go, I it's time to recharge. Yeah. It's time to reconnect. And so I think Personally, for me, um, the, the, when I am not as gentle or as mm. soft with my words and with my actions, I know for me, I'm, I'm becoming a little disconnected. Yep. I'm moving away from the vine, and it's a, it's a trigger in my life to move towards God, to, to really reconnect and spend more time with the Lord. Man, Carissa, that was so powerful. And we've still got a lot of ground to cover in this last clip, so let's check this out. And there's two things I want to talk to you about. He talks about a promise and a process. This, this vine life, this new family tree that you belong to, it's all about a promise and a process. First, he makes this promise and then he takes them through a process. This promise and this process, they contain keys that, of how that we too can fulfill this calling that's on our life to represent him in the world, to be his disciples. So first, he makes a promise to them. In the in same conversation, Jesus tells them that I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a helper, an advocate. As a matter of fact, it's going to be better that I leave because I'm, I'm, I, you're going to have my spirit 24-7. And you're going to actually do even greater things than I did because I'm sending you this gift. I'm making you a promise. So now let's talk about what the process is now. Let's talk about where we're going. Let's talk about what this Bible says about working out your salvation, that this, this is a process that he's inviting us to. And see, Jesus knows that, that this is gonna be a long game, that it takes a while for good fruit to be produced, right? This process is like a two-part process. So I think this is pretty important for us to get. And that word remain comes from this Greek word, meno, and it means to abide, to take up residence, to establish. It means this, this word gives this picture of, I am staying right here. I am taking up residence in your presence. And there's this, this power that comes in staying connected. That connection precedes production. Connection comes before production, the second part of this process. If you don't get pruned, you cannot produce. And when you're talking, we're talking about pruning, what you need to know is that even though pruning is painful, it is not 
a punishment. The truth is, whether you're on the vine or you're off the vine, you're gonna have trouble, right? And pruning is painful, like I said, but it's not a punishment, but it does give meaning to our suffering. You know, God doesn't cause our hard times, but he will work through them to get rid of some unforgiveness, to get rid of bitterness, to get rid of a habit that's holding us back from his best. And in the vineyard, there's a few different kinds of branches that, that get pruned. And the first kind of branch that gets pruned are the, the dead and the diseased branches. And I think these are pretty obvious. These are the things in our life that, that the Holy Spirit will convict us of. The anger, the unforgiveness, the rude attitude, the way that we talked about some, somebody. Or maybe it's something that, um, that was in the darkness, like an addiction or a habit that all of a sudden comes to light so that you can deal with it. See, God brings it to light so that you will deal with it. He cares much more about your long-term character than he does your short-term comfort. He's got more for you. Another kind of branch that, that he prunes is, is something that's called a sucker branch. And I didn't know about these until this week, but a sucker branch is this little shoot off the side of the branch. And it's not really causing any damage, but it's actually just sucking all the nutrients away from the branch so that fruit won't be produced down the road. And so these sucker branches, they're, they're not really like dangerous. They're just distracting, right? And so we all have some sucker branches in our life, some things that need to be cut off. And the, again, so when you snip off the distractions, it makes room for more fruit to grow. The last branch, this is kind of hard because sometimes, sometimes he cuts off healthy branches. And this is really hard because this is a time when he cuts off something good for something better. I love this clip because Pastor Julie reminds us that working out our salvation is filled with a promise and a process, right? right? And, and, and we're talking about John 15 in this, in this specific message, but in John 14, one chapter over, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, who yep. is the promise, who is the promise that, that the Holy Spirit is our advocate and our helper and will be with us and will partner with us mm. in this process. And the process Pastor Julie is referring to is pruning. Oof which is not the fun part at all. I like the promise part way better than the right. process part. But this process of pruning, we got to talk about it because it's important. Yep. She talked about uh, different types of branches that are typically pruned. She talked about the dead and diseased, the sucker branches, and even the healthy. Why don't you just start us off? What, what are your thoughts on the dead and diseased branches? What does that look like practically? Yeah. Yeah, I think all of us, if we're honest, have some dead and diseased branches in our life that need to be pruned. And and I think some of them are gaping and obvious and mm. glaring, and I'm probably talking right now, and, and you might be thinking about maybe right. a dead or diseased branch in your life. And I know there's one specific dead or dead and diseased branch that surfaces when mm. I hear people talk about this or just a specific area that the Lord's highlighted in my life and the Holy Spirit has helped me see and mm. highlighted. And, and that's, that's the um, dead and diseased branch of unforgiveness. Wow. And, you know, I think unforgiveness is a really tricky one because so many of us are walking around with unforgiveness. Wow. And some of us, it's, you know exactly why you're walking around right. with unforgiveness. You've got this obvious offense that someone has made against you. It was, it was obvious and painful and a really horrible moment in your life. You can pinpoint it and, and, and it 
surfaces a lot of bad feelings <laughs> when yeah. you think about it. You yeah. know, th there's those obvious offenses that have been made against you. And then there's some maybe less obvious offenses mm. that have been made against you. Maybe they're more subtle offenses, but they're still deeply wounding mm. and, and painful for you. And, and that's kind of what I'm talking about for my life personally. There's been some subtle offenses made towards me in my life that have caused me to walk in unforgiveness. Wow. And we're called higher than that. Right. We're called to a higher standard to forgive because we've been forgiven so much. And so, um, I would say that's definitely one of the dead and diseased branches in my life. And the Lord's helping me. But I would just encourage you, if 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 that's a dead and diseased branch in your life, God is helping me, you know, walk in forgiveness. But it is one of those subtle, silent killers. Yeah. And, and we have to be super sensitive to that. Allow God to do this work, to do this process of pruning that out of us and, and really walking in forgiveness. Yeah, that's so true. And I just really appreciate you unpacking it that way. Um, and, and just to share another quote from my green-thumbed genius siblings. Get it. What is it? <laughs> uh, I thought this was spectacular. They said that you cut off old things so that the plant doesn't give good nutrients to dead branches. Mm. I love that. The reason why you prune the old things off is that it doesn't actually take or steal away the good nutrients for the other healthy branches, which reminds me of the second branch that's typically pruned, which is sucker branches. Yeah. Why don't you unpack that a little yeah. bit? I think, I think that quote applies to a sucker branch too, right? A sucker branch, Pastor Julie describes as something that's like a bit distracting from right. the healthy things in your life, right? And if we're talking about plants, it's something that's pulling away nutrients from the healthy mm. things in your life and kind of moving towards these things that are maybe less important, Man. moving us a bit away from connecting to the vine. And, and I think we all have these. I mean, like we all have sucker branches in our life that if we just got rid of, like, I just imagined the fruit we would bear. Like, and for me, I mean, I'm just going to be real. The, the social media world is yeah. just a sucker branch in my life. And Same. if I would just remove that, I, I, I can't imagine. What yeah, even while we were talking, I just saw like the Netflix logo. <laughs> like, I just saw it in my brain. I was like, ah, that's, yep, clearly my sucker branch. So I, I definitely can relate to the sucker branches or distractions. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it might, they might say a sucker branch in their life is the news or maybe just this like lifestyle of, of laziness or, um, you know, I think there's a lot of sucker branches that have grown up in our life and and we could all... Yeah. And sucker branches aren't just on the inside of us. They can be things that grow up around us, like mm. weeds and things like that. So there could be relationships that might kind of be yeah. producing that sucker branch reality for our spiritual walk with the Lord um, that he wants to prune and things like that. But the last branch that she talked about was actually the healthy branches. Yep. She said that we need to prune or God will typically prune healthy branches. What why is that? Yeah, this is this is a tough one because this is really the trust work. Mm. This is trusting that God is the good gardener mm. and that he can take something that's good and do something that's even better. And this requires us to have an accurate picture of God, right? So that way we can trust him in the moments when he decides to prune the healthy things in our life, when he decides to take away something that's already good. But because he is so good, he can mm. make it gooder. <laughs> I love that. Gooder. Discusser. Discusser. I knew that one wasn't a word. I was just joking. <laughs> but he can make it even better. And that's yeah. really the power of our God to make something that's already good even better. And here's the tricky part. It's, it's not always just for our benefit. 
He doesn't always make things from good to great for our benefit, but it's John 15 would say it's for his glory. It's Mm. for people to know him by the fruit that we bear. So it's really the trust work. I love that. And it's, it also helps us as we understand the gardener, the heart of our gardener a lot better. It helps us to perceive the pruning, not as punishment, but yeah, preservation. Right. And so I, I just think that is a beautiful picture. Yeah. She said, Pastor Julie says, pruning is not punishment. It mm-hmm. might be painful, right? but it's not punishment. And and I, I would say like there, pruning is inevitable for our life, mm-hmm. right? As, as a Christian, as a believer, this promise of the Holy Spirit and this process of pruning is is always going to be, be a part of our journey. And, and I think we can actually practice pruning, mm. right? That God is going to prune us, period. But I think we can actually pursue pruning and mm. we can practice pruning in our life on a daily basis. And one of the ways that we can do that is, is who's your circle of friends? Who are the trusted voices in your life that you can pursue and say, hey, if there's any dead or diseased branches, right. if there's any sucker branches that you've noticed in my life, would you point them out? That's great. Would you help me to eliminate those things? So that way God doesn't have to do it. You know, yeah. we can actually do that. We can preemptively prune yep. things from our life. Yeah. And even even learning to recognize when God's healthy pruning, how it shows up in different ways. So like imagine you're, you've got your sisterhood group. Hmm. It's you, you've got your close group. <laughs> you always gather together. You look forward to that time, and maybe there's a new a new sister in the hood. Hey, and and you want to include this person in the group, but then you're so used to this community that you've built that you don't recognize this healthy pruning for inclusion. Yeah, that's right in front of us. That can sometimes we want to resist it, and so I think that's also a great picture for us to be just kind of aware and mindful of what healthy pruning can look like. Yeah, it's great. So we got to practice pruning. We got to pursue pruning because right. pruning is inevitable in the life of a believer. Um, but I, I do think it's important to note that um, in our journey to to walk out this process of life, it's it's easy for girls like us, 27, 28 years old, to look at the life and the fruit of someone else's life, like a Pastor Julie or Miss Donna Mullins, and and look at their life and just go, man, I want that. I want to be, I want to bear fruit like that. But I think it's so important to recognize that process takes time Mm. and that these ladies and the ladies that they represent, you know, have gone through the years and years journey, the years and years processing of, of God pruning, pruning, the unseen pruning, right? The the pruning that they've pursued and the pruning that's come in in a divine way through right. God's goodness in their life. And so I would just say, you know, let's not, let's make sure when we're measuring our life, we're, mm. we're measuring it appropriately. We're going, yeah, we, we can aspire to that, mm. but we have to recognize that process requires time. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. Every process, it takes time and you, you can't look at somebody's product and ignore the process that it took to get there. I think that that's brilliant. And as we wrap up our conversation today, Pastor Julie actually leaves us with a a really compelling challenge. So I want you to listen to this last clip. My question for us that I've been wrestling with this week is this, will people know him because they know me? Will they know him because they know 
me? I love that question she asked us to think about from her message. You know, Pastor Julie, I just want to thank you for giving me and Amanda this space for challenging us to go deeper in our walks with Jesus, to stay connected to the vine. What an honor this has been. And also, I want to encourage you, if you didn't get a chance to hear the full message that Pastor Julie shared on the vine, it's going to be linked in our show notes. I would encourage you to jump in there, listen to this message, and and just spend some time sitting in it because it's got a lot of a lot of good stuff for all of us. But Amanda, this summer season, we have been asking every guest on the podcast about their summer hacks or summer snacks. So I, oh on the first episode of the summer, gave some summer hacks that were that were I would say pretty pretty useful, like aloe in the refrigerator. You can go back to episode one from the <laughs> summer and listen to that. But what do you got, Amanda? Summer hack or summer snack? Ooh. I'm I'm not much of a summer girl, <laughs> so okay. my hacks would be, you know, just keep living your life indoors, <laughs> stay cool. Oh my goodness. And then, uh, actually, I do have a snack. Okay, great. I have a snack. Have you ever had watermelon with feta cheese and I, I think haven't. it's like cilantro or basil or something like that? It's so good. I know it sounds so cilantro? quirky. Watermelon with feta cheese. I don't know the third ingredient. Maybe you should Google it. But that is my terrible job of giving you a snack. You sound really passionate about this. I mean, snack. I just kind of like, like I said, I'm not super like a summer not girl. A big so summer I just kind of just, I don't know. Not a big summer gal. It's okay. No. So stay indoors, stay cool, and eat watermelon, feta cheese, and possibly something green. Possibly some type of herb. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Perfect. We'll try to find the actual recipe and throw it in the show notes. <laughs> If not, good luck with it, people. This is going to be great. Well, hey, happy summer to everyone. We loved having you listen to this podcast, and we would encourage you to jump in, stay connected with us all summer long. We'll be dropping content for you right here on all of our podcast streaming platforms. We love you. 